what is good everyone and welcome back to the Mayo Media Network. My name is Griffin Swanson and I'm here to break down the Monday night football game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. Going to talk a couple of prize picks that I like for this Monday night showdown. Also want to talk about a promotion that the Mayo Media Network is running for prize picks. Dive into that in just a minute. And then we're going to hop into my spreadsheet breaking down the DraftKings showdown. But before we do all of that, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button. Mayo Media Network has football content coming out Monday through Sunday all season long, and you don't want to miss out on any of that. And for you podcast people, you can always head on over to the Apple Pods as well, find the content there, and leave a five-star review while you're at it. But all right, everyone, let's go ahead, kicking things off here with a couple of prize picks and talking about that promotion as well. So over on the prizepicks.com website here now, for those of you who have not signed up for prize picks yet and you want to do so, normally we use code MMN upon sign up for up to a $100 match deposit. And that's still in play. You can use that Monday through Sunday. However, prize picks has teamed up with the Mayo Media Network for this Monday night game only. So you have to play this Monday night game and use code MMN. NFL. So you still get that $100 match deposit, but on top of that, if Dak Prescott completes one pass, just one pass in this game, you get a $25 bonus as well. So again, you can always use code MMN Monday through Sunday, but if you want to play this Monday night slate game or sign up here, you should just play this Monday night game anyway, because you're getting up to a $100 match deposit and a free $25 as soon as Dak completes one one single pass in that game so don't pass up on that again code mmn nfl upon sign up now i got a couple of prize picks for this game here as well i don't know if they're going to be as sweet as that free money that prize picks is giving away with that code but i'm going to certainly try and help you win a little bit more money as well so the first one that i got here is going to be a rushing prop scroll all the way down to the bottom here i'm going to take the over on dak prescott at 10 and a half rushing yards now he didn't have any single rushing attempts last week that is the major cause for concern here but realistically he he can make this happen on one single play. You know, I date back to last year, 2020, in his first four healthy games, he smashed this rushing prop in all four of those games. And he actually hit the over back in week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where he had four rushing attempts, 13 rushing yards. So he still got it in him, no doubt about it. I'm sure the front office and the coaches are saying, Dak, don't run if you don't need to, uh, but he certainly has the capability to do that. This is a guy who was averaging about 17 to 20 rushing yards per game in seasons past. So again, seemed a bit too low of a number here. He can realistically hit this in one single play, and I think he does that here on Monday night. And the other prize pick prop that I like here for this Monday night game is going to be a reception prop. So let's hop on over to that. I'm going to take Devontae Smith here over four receptions in this game. He's seen at least seven targets in each of the first two games. He's had seven and eight to be exact, so he's averaging seven and a half through two games. I know it's a two-game sample size here, but he's the number one pass catcher it looks to be in this Eagles offense. Certainly the number one target for Jalen Hurts. Now, I'm not overly convinced, though, that this Cowboys secondary is very good. They were abysmal last year, and I know that Trayvon Diggs has played better throughout the first two games of his sophomore season 
uh, but I'm just not convinced that they're very good. So, assuming Devontae Smith sees seven plus targets again in this game, I think he hits the over here. I think he can beat this Cowboys secondary. And again, you want to get your best players involved, especially in a divisional game like this. Devontae Smith looks to be the best wide receiver and pass catcher in this offense throughout the first two weeks. So I'm going to take the over here along with the over on Dak Prescott. Again, we can approach this two different ways, the flex play or the power play. If you go the power play route, you will need both your picks to hit but it does increase the payout. Now, again, you can always use code MMN upon sign up for up to a $100 match deposit, but don't miss out on the bonus for this Monday night slate. Again, you're just going to use the code MMN NFL upon sign up. You still get that $100 match deposit plus that $25 bonus as soon as Dak Prescott completes one pass in this game. So take advantage of that, folks. And now it's time to dive into this spreadsheet here, breaking down the showdown slate for DraftKings. All right, so diving into this spreadsheet here. First thing, as always, going to list out those Vegas odds in the top left-hand corner. You can see the Dallas Cowboys are sitting at minus 180 on the money line at home with the Eagles coming in at plus 155 and an over-under there of 51.5. I then got those showdown stats listed behind me as well, but considering my fat head stands in the way the entire time during this video, I'm going to hop on over to this page here and quickly go through these. I'll leave them on the main page as well, but wanted to give you a little more clarity with these. If you want to take a screenshot of these, save them, whatever you want to do. Just wanted to run through these with a little more clear look. With that being said, we got six of them, right? Number one, 92% of all showdown lineups rostered at least one quarterback. And of the 1% lineups last year, the top 1%, 96% rostered a quarterback. Number two, 33% of all lineups rostered a wide receiver at captain. Of the top 1% lineups, 31.4% did that as well. Number three there, 57% of the top 1% lineups rostered a captain from the team favored to win. So the Dallas Cowboys in this example here. Number four, run it back. An opposing quarterback, wide receiver, or tight end was included in 88.9% of the winning lineups. That rostered a quarterback, wide receiver, or tight end from the other team at captain. Number five there, ignore defense and kickers in the captain spot. Very rarely does that work. Only 1.1% of the top lineups in 2020. And number six, don't play more than two kickers or defenses in the same lineup. Usually one is fine. So with that being said, going to hop back over here to my favorite plays, kicking things off with the captains. Now, for those of you who are new to these spreadsheet videos here, what I do is I always list out a captain from both sides of this game. This is one of those showdown slates where it might make sense to mix it up a little bit. You know, we had the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans on Thursday night. Brandon Cooks was kind of the only viable play at captain from the Houston side. That's not the case here for the Philadelphia Eagles or the Dallas Cowboys. I think there are a few different ways that we could approach this, but these are my two favorite captains here. On the Eagles side, I like Jalen Hurts. With his rushing upside, he offers a very safe floor and the best ceiling that we've seen of any Eagles players throughout the first two weeks as well. He had 28 DraftKings points back in week one. And then you can see his rushing stats there through two weeks. 17 rushing attempts, 144 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown as well. And this is a guy who really has the ability to score a rushing touchdown any given week, maybe even two. Now, his passing game didn't look great last week, but looked much better in week one. 
one compared to his rookie season. Had, I believe, 264 passing yards in that game, three passing touchdowns. And again, I'm not sold on this Dallas defense, especially that secondary. You know, Micah Parsons has looked very good for them, but Demarcus Lawrence, their best pass rusher, broke his foot in practice just two weeks ago, and he's not going to play here. So I think Jalen will have time, but either way, I like him because he has that safe floor, has shown the highest ceiling of any Eagles player through two weeks due to his rushing upside and looking a little bit better throwing the ball as well. And then on the Cowboys side there, I'm going to roll with C.D. Lamb, but Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Zeke, realistically, you could probably put any one of those guys in the captain spot. I like C.D. though here. I think he's going to win those battles against the cornerbacks, and I think that Darius Slay will likely play on Amari Cooper, even though he is battling that cracked rib. I'll kind of touch on that when I go through Amari there, but realistically, any one of those top four guys in Dallas could be the number one guy when all is said and done on Monday night. I just prefer CD here. You can see through two games there, 24 targets, 185 receiving yards, one touchdown through two games, 17.4 and 26.4 DraftKings points. Now, obviously, Amari balled out in week one, had 40-plus DraftKings points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but last week wasn't all that good. Like I said, he did get hurt in that game with a cracked rib, but CD's been very consistent here. The targets are going to be there, and I definitely think he can win that matchup against this Eagles secondary. Now, moving on down here to the flex plays. First guy I got there is Dak Prescott. Again, you could put him in the captain spot if you wanted to. A number of different ways that you could kind of stack this lineup around Dak, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, or even someone like Tony Pollard, who I don't have listed here. He balled out last week, and I think that's part of the reason that I have faded him on this spreadsheet is because I think a lot of people are going to resort to that going, wow, this guy's better than Ezekiel Elliott. I've actually seen a lot of people talk about that throughout the DFS community. I'm not going to get into that conversation here, but I think the ownership on Tony Pollard this week is probably going to be way more than it should be. I'm not saying he's a bad play. I think he is viable. I'll probably just fade that though due to the increased ownership based off of his week two performance, but you could definitely stack him up with Dak as well. So Dak, a number of different players that you can mix and match him with. He was great in week one against the Tampa Bay Bucks, putting up 31 DraftKings points. And then he kind of disappointed last week against the Chargers, only putting up eight DraftKings points. So there's a little bit of cause for concern there. But back at home where this offense just plays much better in general, I think he does get back on track. And I like him as a flex play or in the captain spot. We then got Amari Cooper there. It's too bad he is battling that cracked rib injury because he's dominated the Eagles at home over the past three games. I'll touch on those numbers here in just a second, but he did practice in full on Friday and Saturday, so that's very encouraging. He actually came out in an interview and said, look, you know, I've kind of battled injuries throughout my career, but I'm out to prove that I'm one of the best wide receivers in the game, and in order to do that, I need to stay healthy. So, good to see him being a gamer against a divisional opponent who he's just absolutely dominated at home over the past three games. Look at these numbers here. Four receptions, 121 receiving yards, no touchdowns there, but still a really good game. Five receptions, 106 receiving yards, no touchdowns there either, but still a pretty damn good game. And then this one here, 10 receptions, 217 receiving yards, 
and three touchdowns just absolutely dominating this Eagles secondary so three straight games topping 100 receiving yards if he can stay healthy throughout this entire game which I suspect he's going to try and battle it out there's no reason to think that he can't go over 100 receiving yards once again. Now I kind of just touched on Tony Pollard there, the second running back on the depth chart for the Dallas Cowboys. He's still going to be involved in this game, but he's actually only played around 28% of the snaps compared to that of Ezekiel Elliott, who a lot of people are just off of this year. Now, I'll admit, he has looked a little bit slower at times, but not enough to where I'm going to fade this guy as the number one running back in a pretty good matchup here against the Eagles at home. Now, I know this Eagles defense is kind of impressed on their side compared to what we thought they would be, but again, they're by no means elite, and Zeke at $8,400 here, it's not crazy to think he goes for 20 plus DraftKings points in this game, and this Cowboys offensive line actually has a 54% run advantage against that Philly D-line here as well per PFF. And so I'm looking at that going, you know what? If people want to play Tony Pollard after his performance in week two, which he did top 100 rushing yards on 13 attempts, and he gets involved in the passing game as well. Uh, but if people are going to fade Zeke or have lower ownership on him, well, great. Then because I want him even more. I think he gets double-digit DraftKings points in this game here and has the potential to go over 20 plus. I also like the Eagles starting running back in this matchup as well, Miles Sanders. I don't love that he's only played 66% of the snaps throughout the first two weeks. That's really been the cause for concern for him since he's entered the NFL, not getting a full workload as a number one running back. And you can see I have Kenneth Gainwell listed there too. I do think he's a good kind of pivot play, getting 34% of those snaps. He's clearly the number two running back in that offense. But Miles Sanders here at $8,000. Look, this Eagles offensive line here has a 49% run advantage against that Dallas defensive line as well. Like I said, no Demarcus Lawrence, and that defense in general just hasn't impressed over the past few seasons. So he might only get anywhere from 13 to 16 rushing attempts in this game. Does get involved a little bit in the passing game, but he is very explosive at times too, and not crazy to think that he could go for a long run in this game, even score a long touchdown. So I like both the number one running backs, people want to fade them give me even more of it. I'm not entirely sure you'll see that with Miles Sanders, more so Ezekiel Elliott, uh, but I do think both of these guys are very viable on Monday night. And then I got one of my prize pick players here for Monday night, Devontae Smith. If you skipped over the prize pick section, make sure you go check it out because the Mayo Media Network is running an awesome bonus this week, and I got Devontae Smith over four receptions in this game, but you can see there had seven and eight targets throughout the first two games, essentially averaging seven and a half targets through two games. I know it's a small sample size, but that's the numbers we got to work with right now for a rookie. Leading all pass catchers in targets from Jalen Hurts. That is something you can't make up, so the number one pass catcher through two weeks, and he's second on the team in three red zone targets. He did score a touchdown back in week one. I really love this number here too, a $7,200, and he might see Trayvon Diggs in this matchup here, and Trayvon Diggs has been better in year two, but still a matchup that I think he can win at times. It'd be kind of cool too. Both those guys coming out of Alabama. I'm sure they practice against one another several times throughout their college career. Uh, so I'd like to see that. But I think Devontae Smith probably knows his weaknesses as well and will be able to take advantage of that in this game. And then the guy who is leading the Eagles team in red zone targets is Dallas Goddard. This would have been a much better play if Zach Ertz wasn't playing, but he did get cleared from COVID just this morning, I believe. So kind of a bummer there. Um, Dallas Goddard would have been a 
smash play at this price tag. Had Ertz not played, but look, still leading the team here with five red zone targets. He's got four completions there as well and has scored a touchdown. And PFF has him lined up right now against Jalen Smith, the linebacker for the Cowboys in this matchup. That is a matchup that Dallas Goddard is going to win more times than not. Jalen Smith was great in college, but that speed has not translated to the NFL. And Dallas Goddard is by no means a speedster, but I think he'll be good enough and fast enough to win this matchup against Jalen Smith. Next here is Kenneth Gainwell, the number two running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. Kind of name dropped him earlier, and he does kind of play a similar role to Tony Pollard. Uh, again, I don't mind Tony Pollard. The dude absolutely balled out in week two. He looked really, really good if you watched that game. And if you didn't, let me tell you, he looked fantastic. So I'm not opposed to playing Tony Pollard. I just don't love that there's probably going to be a lot of ownership on a guy who's a number two running back, whereas Kenneth Gainwell here probably isn't going to have all that much ownership in this showdown slate. And if you are playing big GPP tournaments, right, you definitely want to be trying to get a little bit contrarian. I mean, you look at the top of the Millie Maker in each one of these showdowns, and you're seeing duplicated lineups everywhere. So it is inevitable in these showdowns, but I just think Tony Pollard's going to carry too much ownership for me to play him in massive GPPs. If you play cash showdowns, well, that might be a good play depending on how much salary you got left. Um, but yeah, I just don't know if I'll go there in GPPs myself. With that being said, I don't think Kenneth Gainwell here is going to carry all that much ownership as the number two running back for the Philadelphia Eagles, but he has played 34% of the snaps through two weeks, combining for 15 rushing attempts, six targets, and one touchdown. And I really like the numbers he's kind of put up here. They're not stellar by any means, but 12.3 and 7.2, certainly not bad for a guy priced at $5,000. Next guy we got here then is Dalton Schultz, the Dallas Cowboys tight end. You know, Blake Jarwin is there as well, and he's going to play in this game. I just tend to lean toward Schultz. They actually had about the same amount of snaps back in week one, and then Schultz kind of took over last week, played 45 of the snaps to Jarwin's 29. But if you want to pivot down, Jarwin is much cheaper at 3K. So if you're looking to save money, you could go that route. Um, but if you have the money, I would prefer Schultz here. Uh, again, it's maybe a coin flip from time to time, but I looked at the snap count and said, okay, well, this guy's on the field more, running more routes. I want to take that guy in my lineup. But yeah, he is $1,800 more expensive. So just kind of a lower priced option if you need it. A guy who is going to be involved in the passing game and should carry low ownership in this matchup. And then we're going to wrap it up there with Greg the Leg Zerloin, the Dallas Cowboys kicker. Now, he was shaky in week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, albeit coming off that back surgery. I'm sure there were a few jitters that he wanted to get out. Uh, he got him out. L let me tell you, he missed two field goals in that game and an extra point. They probably go on to win that game if he doesn't do that, but still finished with 12 DraftKings points. And last week, he didn't miss, had 10 DraftKings points, and hit a field goal from 50 yards out looked more like himself in that game. So back at home here, playing indoors. I don't mind him at this price tag here, especially considering he's at double-digit DraftKings points in each of the first two games. All right, everyone, that is going to wrap up the video here for today. As always, thank you all for taking the time out of your day to watch these videos. I really do appreciate that. Don't forget to like this video. Subscribe to the Mayo Media Network. Like I said, they got content coming out Monday through Sunday, not just for football either. They're tackling multiple different sports, so don't miss out on any of that. And for those of you who do want to sign up for prize picks, make sure you use code MMN. NFL and play on that Monday night slate between the Cowboys and Eagles. You not only get a $100 match deposit, but you get that $25 bonus 
as well. But let's have a great weekend here, everyone. Hopefully you won some money on Sunday and keep that rolling into Monday as well. I'm out of here. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your boy LQ, Mr. Real Deal Fantasy HQ, and this is the Fantasy Football Picks and Bet presented by Prize Picks. Make sure you guys sign up today using promo code MMN, and they'll be matching up to 100 bucks on your deposit. And also a new promo code that just was rolling out for the Monday night entry. If Dak Prescott completes one pass, you get 25 bucks when you sign up as a new user, promo code MMN NFL. Yes, MMN, NFL, all together, you'll be able to get 25 bucks on top of your matched up deposit. So please go do it now. Sign up. So today I got a great show. We got some recap of the studs. We got some injury reports. And then we got some guys that are making a bounce back. Is it the real deal or is it just a fluke? But some guys that are bouncing back, putting up fancy points on the board, we just needed to be a little bit patient for. Or again, it could just be a fluke. So I'll be digging into that, giving you my rating on that as well. And again, make sure you guys download the app Prize Picks. It's not too late. I understand it's week three, but you can still sign up using promo code MMN. And again, the new Monday night entry promo code MMN NFL. Yes, that's a lot. It's a little bit, you know, tongue twister. But you sign up, you get 25 bucks if Dak Prescott completes one pass. One pass. That's all it is. So let's get right into the show. Oh, man, this is my favorite. Let's start with the dessert, the recap of the studs. Guys that went out there and balled out. Now, I, I know Cooper Cup went out there. He balled out as well with Matthew Stafford against the Bucks. I'm not going to put him on the recap list again. Just know he balled out again. But, again, I want to jump into some studs that stood out this week. And Christian Kirk, man, 104 yards, seven receptions, lighting it up, man. I'm telling you, Christian Kirk is the real deal. Going forward, I have Christian Kirk in my flex position, obviously based on if I have, like, an injury because it is injury season, people. I'll get to that later. But Christian Kirk is showing why he should be in the starting lineups, and especially with D-Hop dealing with injury right now as well. He didn't really have that great of a game, only five fantasy points. It wasn't. It wasn't the best version of D-Hop because we knew he was playing with injuries. So, therefore, I look for him next week to probably rehab, and then we'll get a better lens on how hurt D-Hop is. But, again, Christian Kirk did his damn thing today. And even worth honorary mentioning, A.J. Green put up 112 yards today. This is something where it's like, hey, maybe A.J. Green's coming back. Maybe he's not washed. But, again, it was with a hurt D-Hop. So, I'm not looking too much into that. So, I don't know if it was fluky or if it's the real deal. But, hey, I'm always rooting for A.J. Green. Now, to my next stud. Man, oh, man, Josh Allen is back, people. Five touchdowns, 358 passing yards. People, listen, listen, listen. Joshua Allen is the real deal. He's always been that guy. QB1, I'm telling you, man. He looked amazing today, and I definitely love that he was able to showcase, you know, he's still running the ball. He's still that guy on the goal line you have to fear, and he's airing it out as well. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders had himself a day as well, too, so, you know, shout out to him. But Josh Allen, five touchdowns today. I know you guys loved him on your fantasy rosters. I don't think anybody sat him. Hopefully not. I don't think that would be a smart decision sitting Josh Allen, but for who? For who? He's a stud of the day, stud of the week, I should say. Joshua Allen, man, I'm here for the QB1 talk. Now, next up, this sounds crazy. Najee Harris had 19 targets today. 19, 14 catches for 100 yards. 
102 yards to be exact, but he had 40 yards on the ground. But man, oh man, were they using him a lot like Le'Veon Bell and his prime, of course, is what I'm talking about. Not now, but Najee Harris was out there bowling today, looking like the third or even the second target guy out there as a wide receiver, Deontay Johnson out. And man, 19 targets. I cannot sleep on that at, at all. So as long as Deontay Johnson's out, I can see Big Ben, you know, with him not exactly airing the ball out all the passes today were like less than 10 yards but again that just helps all my Najee Harris shares so I'm definitely here for Najee getting all these targets out of the backfield and moving forward for him to possibly be that liable third option in that offense even when Deontay Johnson comes back so again Najee Harris shout out to you man 19 targets is amazing so let's move on to some veggies i like to call this because vegetables suck and injuries suck so i like to put them together so again cmc has to go on this list because that was a huge loss on thursday night football with a hamstring injury do not know exactly time frame how long he's going to be out but hey it's hamstring like season right now like everybody's going out with a hamstring so aj brown left earlier in the first quarter with a hamstring injury as well limped off the field, and he did not return back. So he's dealing with a hamstring injury as well. Hey, another injury with the hamstring. Sterling Shepard was coming off hot last week, giving us you know a lot of volume and a lot of fantasy points, and boom, hamstring injury as well. So that is very disappointing. These three guys are dealing with injuries, which most likely will linger throughout the season, and they couldn't possibly miss some time, at least two to three weeks, three to, three to six weeks. It could be that time frame. It could be a, a while. Some of these guys can even go on IR, so that's three games minimum. So, again, hey, you know, it's hamstring season, so everybody be safe out there. But another guy, big play guy, K.J. Hamler left the Denver game with a knee injury as well, did not return. Again, at the moment of recording, we do not know time frame how long he's going to be out. But that was a uh, very unfortunate to see KJ Hamler go down with an injury. That wide receiver core for Denver is uh, a little thin right now. I got to say, well, only Sutton and Tim Patrick. Even though Tim Patrick was dealing with injury going into this week as well, so that's worth monitoring, of course, throughout this week as well. Because some guys they get banged up during the game and they don't exactly miss time. But as soon as practice comes around, like Wednesday, like uh, Tim Patrick still dealing with such and such injury. And then they most likely, you know, try to fight through it. And there could be possible setbacks through practice as well. So, again, worth monitoring that Denver wide receiver core. It is getting a little thin. But, hey, KJ Hamler, Godspeed, rest up, man. Now, moving on to some bounce back players. Are they the real deal or is this fluky, man? I, I really wish I can tell the future. I wish I was like a fortune teller to know if these guys mean business or if this is going to continue for X amount of weeks. But Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley was said to be on a short leash for three weeks. And that's exactly what we had to prepare for drafting him going into the season. So if you drafted him with no backup plan or if you went against, you know, being running back heavy, basically taking a discount on Saquon Barkley. That's your fault that you're suffering right now. But again, Saquon Barkley put up big points today. This is a bounce back, and I definitely think it's the real deal. We were said, again, three weeks we had to wait to get Saquon Barkley unleashed. It's week three. Boom. He puts up 21 fantasy points, 51 yards on the ground, and one touchdown that was amazing that he leaped over to do. And he was heavily involved in the passing game as well. So therefore, moving forward, Saquon Barkley is the real deal. He is not going to be short leash. He's not going to be bobbled up. He's going to be the guy. They're going to full send Barkley from 
week four and on until there's any type of signs of, you know, soreness or any type of injury, setbacks, et cetera, et cetera. So Saquon Barkley is the bounce back player this week. It is a full send from here on out. I do not want any more starting sit, sit questions about Saquon Barkley. You are starting him from now on. Moving on to the next guy that finally showed us some life. It's alive. It's alive. James Robinson's alive. Man, he put up 24 fantasy points, 88 yards on the ground, six receptions, and one touchdown. Something we did not expect to happen. Honestly, just the way things have been looking for Urban Meyer and James Robinson. We saw Carlos Hyde get his touches as well, but not as many as James Robinson today. 15 touches. I'm sorry, 15 rushing attempts for 88 yards, and that one touchdown is amazing. But the six receptions, the six targets, six for six, that is something we need to see moving forward. Again, Urban Meyer... He's giving me Chip Kelly vibes. He's doing a little too much. He's getting a little weirded out. Hopefully he grounds down and uses James Robinson like this moving forward. This, this usage is what's important to me. If James Robinson's going to be the lead back and he want to focus on running the ball, do it. James Robinson can do the job, man. We saw him do it last season. Just do it. Just stop pumping the brakes on him, Urban Meyer, if you were watching, which, you know, Probably not, but just in case, if that one YouTube video goes across as recommend, recommending you click on it and you get to this point, play James Robinson, man. Stop holding him back because 24 fantasy points today is exactly what we know we can get out of him. So moving on to another guy, CEH. A lot of people were, I'll say, counting him out, talking about trading him. Some people crazy enough to say drop him. Mm. I will pump the brakes on that. CH put up 15.9 fantasy points. He got involved in a passing game, very little, but two targets, two catches, which is fine. And he put up 100 yards on the ground. Yes, he had two fumbles. He probably would have had more than 15 points, but he still was able to have 100 yards on the ground. I'm not going to count him out just yet for the simple fact I'm going to play him based on matchups. Now, this Chargers matchup was a great matchup because the Chargers weren't that great at stopping the ball. The run defense was at the bottom. I'll say bottom at the table, not all the way at the bottom, but they were at the bottom of the table, the bottom half of the table, I should say. So, again, CH had the matchup, and, again, it was a division game, and we know it's a different vibe when it comes to division games. Division games are always a little wonky, a little weird because your opponent knows – how to attack your weaknesses, and they play you twice a year every year. So, therefore, not much changes up. So, again, CEH had the matchup today. Moving forward, I'm not going to say this was a fluke, but I'm just going to say don't expect this type of production out of CEH every single week moving forward. Play CEH based on the matchup. If he has a great matchup, then obviously play him. But how I'm feeling about a lot of CH guys, a lot of fancy uh, managers who have CH, they don't really have anybody that they can bench him and put somebody in. Again, your fault. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, CH wasn't that guy we already overdrafted him the season before. So it's kind of like, did you learn your lesson? No, you probably didn't. But again, here at the Mayo, Mayo Media, we got you covered for the latest and greatest fantasy content. So again, make sure you like and subscribe real quick too while you're watching this. Boom. Now CH is out of the way. He's alive. Marquise Calloway. Wow. 14 fantasy points today against a tough Patriots defense. Winston, uh, I can't say much about. We saw a little bit of Taysom Hill as well, too, at quarterback slash tight end slash kicker slash water boy slash car salesman, whatever he wants to be today. So, again, Marquise Calloway is alive, man. 14 points. He ended up having only four catches, which is kind of the same volume, but I think was the difference maker today was the touchdown. So, 
is it the real deal or is it fluky? I'm going to say fluke. I'm, I'm not too sure if I'm ready to buy in the Callaway again because, again, he was on the bench for a lot of people. There's not many people who started him this week, and it's kind of like a waste, you know, that he put up 14 points on the bench. So moving forward, I can't say he's based on matchup. You start him, but I feel like every week you're going to be gambling to put him in your starting lineups, and hopefully you didn't invest anything above the 10th round. If you did, again, your fault. But, again, Mayo Media, we got you covered. Stay tuned. So, again, um, uh, Marquise Calloway, 14 points. It's okay. It's okay. You did good today, but on a lot of people benches. But moving forward, I cannot see myself throwing him in lineups and be like, hey, I feel comfortable with him this week going against whoever. So it's like, again, you got to you gotta monitor that QB position as well. We've seen a lot of Taysom Hill, a lot more than we should have at the QB position. So I don't know if Winston just had an off day or this is who he is. But again, that Saints offense will be a little wonky this entire season. So again, Marquise Callaway, this was a fluke. I don't think it will happen next week. But if it does, hey, shut me up. I'm just a guy who talks fantasy. Again, I'm not a fortune teller. I wish I was. If there's like one power I can have, like if I can tell the future, that would be like the greatest thing. I'm pretty sure a lot of people agree. So this wraps up another great episode of the Mayo Media Network. I'm telling you, man, fire content only here with your boy LQ. And again, sign up to Prize Picks right now. Link in the bio. Make sure you sign up for the Monday Night Football. The MMN NFL promo code will get you 25 bucks if Dak completes one, one pass. That's all it takes, just one pass. One pass from Dak to get 25 bucks. New users signing up, you still get the match up to 100 bucks. Set up for success. Bring home the gold season is here. Hopefully you guys like the episode, and I'll see you again same time next week for another great episode. And peace. Oh.